What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 60 of the No Mercy podcast. Game of Thrones edition, post-episode 5, preview for episode 6. I had to bring on the man who probably knows the most about Game of Thrones of anyone I know, Rob Pizzola. We broke this whole show down from start to finish. Just, if you love Game of Thrones, we could have gone for nine hours. So if you love Game of Thrones, you're going to love this podcast. Make sure to give us a review on iTunes. No mercy. Give us a review, good or bad. Uh, the reviews you guys have been sending in have been fucking incredible. Uh, it looks like we paid you guys to write them, so really appreciate it. Hope we live up to the hype, unlike the show, uh, on this episode. Subscribe, download, review. Uh, give us some love over there. But let's get to it. Without further ado, hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with the much-awaited Game of Thrones Episode 5 recap and prediction show. I had Pat Mayo on the first time. He's been very busy with PGA coming up this week. We had Draft Cheat on last week. And this week, we have my boy, professional sports better, Rob Pizzola, who is also a professional Game of Thrones aficionado, Rob. I'm a big fan. I'll put it that way. I mean, I, I plan my vacations around different Game of Thrones filming sites because me and my wife are <laughs> such huge fans. So I've been to Iceland and Ireland in the last couple Are of you years. serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Uh, that's how big of a fan I've been of the show. Well, we got the right fucking guy on right now. So you guys probably know Rob from the gambling world. Um, follow him on Twitter at Rob Pizzola, R-O-B-P-I-Z-O-L-A. And then at Instagram, R-Pizzola, P-I-Z-O-L-A. So Rob, what, what's your, you're even more into this, I think, than I am, which is almost impossible because everyone I talk to, I'm usually the aficionado here. And now you're traveling to see these fucking things. So did you start this show episode one season one or is this something you got into later have you read the books what's your your history with the show here well i missed all the season one live and then someone was telling me about game of thrones how it's this crazy show so i i actually ended up watching with my wife and we watched all of season one in an entire day we couldn't stop so right. i was pretty addicted I, I mean i love season one in general and then um it was going to be such a wait to season two i decided to read the books in between so um that kind of developed a level of fandom and then i've been following the show ever since and i've been this will be my third viewing of the show altogether. So I went back prior to this season, watched it all over again. So yeah, I'm pretty into it. I, I mean, I do love it. I, I would definitely say it's my, my favorite TV show ever and probably just a, a brand as a whole. I, I love everything to do with it. Yeah, I'm pretty similar. I, uh, I've never been a big sci-fi guy. And I think everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I could barely read at all, let alone <laughs> read multiple books. But I, same thing. Like I saw it was kind of sci-fi and there was like, you know, White Walkers and all that. And then uh, everyone was just talking about it. So I did the same thing. I binged season one in a, whole, in a weekend and then got addicted. And it was right before the start of season two. So I actually went from season one right to season two. And then every girl I've dated subsequently since then, I've forced to watch the show. So I've seen pretty much every season at least three, some of them even five times. Um, and last night, I already watched last night's episode three times. So uh, I'm the same as you. I'm looking for all these Easter eggs. I love the sharpness of the show, how you kind of got to go back and watch to pick things up for the future. I feel like that's kind of been abandoned. Me and you haven't talked about this really much at all. So what's your kind of macro view of this season in a, in a vacuum? I mean, for me, 
the, the biggest issue I have with this season is that things, I don't want to say feel rushed, but they definitely feel forced. And, and I think with the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, they would have been much better served to just continue the 10 episodes instead of going to this seven episodes, six episodes to conclude it. Because of that, I feel that the viewer is just left filling in a lot of the blanks. And a lot of things that happen are very much made for TV. Um, you know, the shock value that used to come from Game of Thrones, whether it be Ned Stark dying in season one or Red Wedding or uh, Oberyn dying at the hands of the mountain, all that shock value, it, it kind of, it just fit with the show. It wasn't something that, um, you know, exactly, it happened and you're like, oh no, that makes no sense. When you th- think about it logically afterwards, you you say, that makes complete sense and I seen that coming and didn't. Uh, now it just, yeah, I mean, forced is a good word. Um, I... I I think that I, I buy I could buy this storyline and I could buy where everything has gone had it just played out a little bit more. And it seems like things are happening very quickly to get to this ending of the show. And because of that, I think some of the payoffs are just not good. That's that's exactly. I mean, I, I was actually talking to my friend about this this morning. And the first thing I told him was we always had shock value in the show, right? Like the Red Wedding when it was like, okay, someone might die. Wait, all three of them died? And, you know, stuff like that going on, like when Joffrey was poisoned, like we knew he was going down, didn't know it was going to be there. And then you go back and there's all these little nuggets. Oh, the court jester and this and and things that didn't make sense. When something didn't make sense in the show, your initial reaction wasn't you're a fucking idiot writers. It was I need to go back and watch the whole last season to see what I missed. And usually 99 percent of the time you did miss something, which made the next thing that happened give you that benefit of the doubt for the writers. Now it's just flipped where now it's just like, I expect the dumbest fucking thing to happen. The dumbest thing is probably going to happen. Brand's probably going to end up on the throne. And this is going to go from far and away the best TV show of all time to below the Sopranos, below Breaking Bad, probably fall out of my top five, even though it was far and away number one. I think that's how much damage is being done this season. Yeah, see, I'm I'm not quite there. And admittedly, I am a huge Game of Thrones fanboy, so it's tough for me to get there just because I think the show was so good for so long um, that I don't view this season as terrible. I think I view it as poor relative to the peak of the show. Like, this does not compare to season three, season four Game of Thrones. It's just a completely different show now. Um, The way things happen is, it. I mean, it's, it's different. So relative to that, I'm disappointed. As a whole, I'm, I've personally found this season entertaining, but illogical in some points and lazy in some points. I, uh, I do, I you know, I, I watch the episodes and at the end of them, I'm like, you know what? That felt pretty good. And then you, you start to stew on it. You start to think about things a little more and you're like, well, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense or they could have done this better. They could have done that better. So I don't know if I'm being nitpicky at this point or what it is. But I've been entertained. I've been entertained throughout this season. I just don't think it compares to Game of Thrones at its peak. And, and that's, I think, what the most important thing is, though, because I get attacked on Twitter all day. I wrote a 1,500-word, you're a gambler, 1,500-word Game of Thrones gambling article. You know, I've turned my whole No Mercy podcast, which was sports and pop culture, into a Game of Thrones podcast. Like People were coming at me saying, oh, you're just one of these millennials who just hates everything because it's cool to hate it. First of all, I'm 40. Second of all, I turned all my friends onto this show, so I did hold it to a higher standard. I hold it to a higher bar, which may not be fair in retrospect to every other show we're comparing it to, but I feel like there's full years of my life wasted. Like, 
when, when you look at certain things, like the main two things, I sent out a tweet. You know, Jon Snow spent eight seasons hunting the Night King to a point where he was the only person that even believed the Night King was, was there and the White Walkers were coming outside of Tormund and his guys only to what? Fall off a dragon seven times and get saved by three girls and never have a sword fight with them? Then you have Arya, whose whole life mission was to kill Cersei, number one on her kill list. And the, she finally gets to King's Landing and she what? Gets knocked over by 16 rocks, gets saved by a homeless girl and rides off on a horse at a fucking note? Like, didn't even have a face-to-face with her? Like, I feel like you could have still been a little tricky with the endings where we were like, oh, I thought John was going to kill the Night King. I thought Arya was going to kill Cersei. But at least have them face-to-face. At least have a battle with John and the Night King for three minutes. Like, give us at least a little bit of what we've been waiting eight years for. Don't just completely bang a right and switch the storyline. Yeah, and I, I think that's like – it goes back to what I said about the, these, these, these shortened seasons. So I think part of the problem with the Battle of Winterfell is I think if that was like a standalone movie, it'd be a very entertaining right. movie, and you would love it. Because I thought it was filmed really well how um, – you know, I just, I, I liked it with the exception of the darkness, which honestly mm-hmm. didn't affect me. And probably I'm just viewing on a projection screen at home. I don't know. I didn't experience the darkness issues, but I get it. But overall, I mean, if that battle spanned, let's say two episodes instead of one, it would feel much more fulfilling. Yeah. You know, you could have, you could have it end an episode where the living looks like they're getting overrun. You have that week's anticipation in between coming to the next episode where it gets the conclusion. And that to me would have been a little bit more satisfying, but instead you have this longer one episode. It feels like everything with the night King wraps up in one episode. When you're right, there's been seasons of them portraying him as like this huge, huge threat. And he, he dies in an episode without a battle. I, I like the episode. Again, I was entertained throughout and then you think about it afterwards and you're like, well, that was a really disappointing ending for mm-hmm. him because again, all this buildup and it just paid, you know, they paid it off in one episode and it, it just doesn't feel complete. So, I mean, I don't know the story with Benioff and Weiss, why they've decided to go with these shortened seasons. I don't know if HBO told them to, I don't know if that was a decision they made, um, but that feels like the biggest mistake of all. Yeah. And, and uh, is there any truth? You may know this better than me. Are you a big Star Wars guy? I'm I'm a Star Wars fan, but I like I'm not going and waiting in line right. two you're not, hours. You're not wearing a costume and camping yeah, exactly. out in a fucking yeah. tent with Rob. But right. um, the so supposedly what's been told by Mayo and a couple of the people I've had on here is that these guys have already signed to write the next three Star Wars or something. Correct, and yeah. that has a lot to do with why they just wanted to get this the fuck over with because you know maybe they make fifteen million, twenty million. I don't know how much they're making off this, but they're probably gonna make two hundred million off the Star Wars. So. That's why people are on Twitter are kind of um, getting a lot of, well, you got to cut them some slack. They only had six episodes. And my whole point is they chose to have six episodes, mm-hmm. whether it was HBO or the writers, they chose that. So yes, I can punish them for that. You came into this, you came into last season and this season with a huge hill to climb because when I saw seven and six and none of these episodes were two hours or two and a half hours, when I saw that, my initial reaction was, you better fucking destroy this show for the next two seasons, especially making me wait a year and a half between season seven and eight. You put this bar on yourself. Right. If it would have been timely in 10 episodes, I wouldn't have this bar. You put it there, now live up to it, and they're just not. Yep, and the way it was promoted and the way the season was hyped with like the longest battle ever filmed at the Battle of Winterfell. and I mean, there's just been so much promotion. It, it almost feels like expectations were never going to be met. 
um, just because I went in with such high expectations in general. But it's it's tough. I mean, they're they're already working with an existing storyline as well. So people who are dissatisfied with the conclusions of some of these characters, I know George R.R. R. Martin has already said that the main characters are going to end the same way in the books as they are in the show. So there's, it's not like the books are veering in a different direction. They might get there in a different way and the payoff might be better because it's built out a little bit longer. Um, but, you know, I, I do take that into account as well um, with the showrunners, but ultimately it, it does not feel like they've done a great job this, this season. No, it really hasn't been. And again, same thing last night. I, I think you nailed it. I put a tweet out like a couple of weeks ago after the Battle of Winterfell when I was complaining a little bit just about how the ending, right? Like how the Night King died and how Arya had a kill list of like 500 people and she ends up killing the one guy who's not on it, right? Like, and meanwhile, she doesn't kill all the other people that are on it. She doesn't end up killing Joffrey, Cersei, Mountain, Hound, like all these people on the list. She never killed and then she kills the fucking one that wasn't on it. But you know, for me, I, I sent a tweet out saying, in a vacuum, these episodes would be phenomenal movies. Exactly what you just said. Like, I think someone last, I think someone who's never watched Game of Thrones before could have turned on episode one, season eight, and been watching this whole season and been like, this is the best show in the history of television. You know, meanwhile, those of us who put seven to eight years into this and are waiting for the shit that's been happening that made us fall in love with it. I think we're disappointed, whereas the the lesser kind of intelligence, lesser kind of hunting for Easter eggs, those people that just want a lot of action and drama and a lot of romance and Romeo and Juliet endings, those people are just in heaven right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the reality is it feels like a different show. It feels it is, like yeah. a completely different show now. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm in full agreement with you. I think had Game of Thrones always been like this, then this would be a satisfying ending, but it hasn't always been like this. And, and I don't just, think it would be Game of Thrones though, Rob. I, don't, I think it would have just been a really good show. Yep. It wouldn't have been a generational show. It just would have been a really good show if it was like this. I agree. I mean, I think part of what made it so good was the character development, the, mm-hmm. the development of storylines and how it took like three or four or five seasons for certain things to pay off. And when it did pay off, you, you'd be like, that You're makes fulfilled. sense. And I saw all these things coming, but I never pieced it together. And I think that's what made it so good. And uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's always tough with the conclusion of a show just in general. I find that you're always going to get people who are on, on the extremes of both sides. Like, yeah. I don't think there are many people like me who are right in the middle right now are like, you know what? It's okay. Uh, I think you're getting like, this is the worst season ever. This is such a disappointment. And then there's a the complete opposite end of the spectrum where people are seeing like this nonstop action and they totally love it. And I mean, maybe for them, they weren't really the game of Thrones fans that love those longer payoffs. And now right. that they're seeing things happen quicker, uh, they like it a little bit more. I'm not one of those people. Overall either. for me, it's just, it's okay. Um, I, I won't, I mean, we'll see how, how episode six concludes the series overall. I'm not going to look back at this season and say this is an epic failure because I don't think it has been. Um, I would have certainly ended some characters much differently and had some buildups a lot differently, but uh, I'm somewhere in, in between with just being an average season. Yeah, I started like that. Like the first podcast or two I did um, after episodes one and two, when everyone was flipping out at episode one, I was like, guys, we knew it was going to be fluff episode one. Like it's the reunion, all the characters on the show at the same time. Episode two, I was like, all right, enough. Like, l- let's get to some shit. You know? <laughs> and, and if they told me we had 11 episodes, I would have been like, take your fucking time. Like that's what this show does. But when you know you only got six, it's like, all right, let's go. Let's hurry up. So I thought two and one could have been one episode. 
I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, if you have six episodes, then one and two have to be combined, period. Right. And I think that's part of what led to all of this, right? You yeah. know there's only six episodes. So when it's all character reunions and preparing for battle in two of the six episodes, one third of the season, people start to lose their shit. And they're like, this is, I mean, how is this show going to end um, in a satisfying way? And I think there's validity to that. Um, I, I personally like seeing the character reunions because right. you've that's fine, you yeah. You know, you, I, I'm I'm with that, but I completely agree with you. In a six-episode season, I think you have to get things going a little bit earlier. And honestly, they could have used a lot more of that for the Battle of Winterfell and at least making the Night King a little bit more formidable. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the. I, I think they kind of just kept digging their own graves here a little bit and a little bit to cause Twitter to go crazy. Um, so, I, in my opinion, someone tweeted at me, they, they wished uh, Bran would warg back and rewrite the last two seasons. <laughs> awesome but you know so we're pretty much in agreement on this stuff one of the other funny things before we get to recapping this specific episode um khaleesi was one of the most popular birth names in 2018 mm-hmm. like imagine naming your kid khaleesi because you're in love with denarius and you think she's this beautiful character and now you're watching her just light innocent babies on fire going my child is now named after like the mad queen for the rest of her life Right. And honestly, though, I think that's that's what's contributing to a lot of the hate as well. A lot of people are not happy with the way that Danny has. I mean, she's turned heel, basically. Right. And I love that. That's one of the few things I think has been incredible. It just happened too fast. But I think that's been awesome. Exactly. So that's my exact point. I've always thought the most logical conclusion for Danny was the conclusion that they're going with now. And it's it's, been there, Rob. It's been there throughout. the. There's been flashes of her burning innocent people and having that short fuse numerous times when people are saying this came out of nowhere this did not fucking come go back and watch the prior seasons she's done shit like this a bunch of times on top of being good person too it's true but what makes it different this episode is like the burning of innocent people right i mean it's always that that's where it kind of goes over the line and it, it feels outside of her character right now like i could totally see the turn but it's happened in a couple episodes where i mean jorah dies uh regal dies missandei dies and now, I mean, Jon Snow is like, she kind of views him as sort of betraying her and the Varys thing. It, it's happened too quickly. Again, like if this happened over the course of four or five episodes in a 10 episode season, it's it's way more believable. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of glad they've gone with they're going to go with this Mad Queen ending. I just don't think it's been executed well. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, this started off with the Varys scene, right? Like, I thought this episode, I would have liked to seen this in episode one. Honestly, I said, I would love to see an episode one come out the gate with something dope. Like, because we waited 18 months, like, give us our little payoff. I don't care if it's a murder, if it's a death, if it's something. Stick something at the beginning of episode one for five, 10 minutes. Come out the gate with a bang. Like when Aria, the Aria Walter Frey moment, you know, I believe that started a season, did it not? I'm pretty sure it was, it was either, yeah, it was the first episode of a season or the last episode of a season. Yeah, it, 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 but like right at the beginning of the episode, right? Like yep. it came out the gate with that. So I would have thought that would have been great for, for D&D to protect themselves. Come out with something dope in the first five, 10 minutes. Then you could take an hour and 20 minutes of reunion. Like no one's going to care because we, we got our little fix and you started us on a high. This episode, they did that, Rob. I thought the beginning of this episode was great. They had Varys writing the letter, which was kind of similar to uh, Ned Stark writing the letter uh, when he was trying to explain that Joffrey shouldn't be on the throne and Littlefinger played the Tyrion role. So I thought that was all really good. Um, I thought lighting him on fire was good. I thought that first scene was was actually pretty good this episode. I, I loved it. I mean, I, I thought it set the tone. Um, 
I've all, I've always Varys has always been a mysterious character for me, and it seems that I mean his motives have always been true, and you always wonder about that because they made him mysterious and what is his end game. But really, he just wanted what's best for the realm, which I can buy because they've been going with that the whole time. I love the interaction with him and Tyrion before he dies, where Tyrion tells him that it was him yep. um, that let Danny know, and they share that moment. Goodbye, old friend. Like I, I thought. The, that whole scene to me was great. The dragon coming in over in, from the darkness behind. Awesome. It, it was really, that was that a really was good really scene. Cool. Really I'm well done. back on it, I mean, may, maybe the best scene of the episode. Yeah, it was, maybe that's best scene in a season. I thought the dragon approaching behind Danny, like, because you didn't see it, right? Like, kind of out of the darkness. Like, I thought that was the best moment I've seen all season. Yep. I mean, it's hard. I, I, I just, that was an example of something that was executed really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder about Varys' character in general, because he's gone from like, the, he's like the master of whispers mm-hmm. before. And his whole thing is secrecy. And then this season, things came to light a little bit more publicly, which is unusual for him. So, I mean, they, they I don't want to say they did him dirty, but not necessarily 100% believable from that perspective, right. but I, I think they paid it off well. And um, I, that was a satisfying conclusion to me for his character. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a problem. But one of the weird things was him writing the letters. I would have liked to see those letters get out, mm-hmm. um, kind of like what happened with Ned, right? And then you can have, I mean, again, this would probably take more episodes, but, and then you kind of have that letter floating around out there about John's birthright and Danny trying to kill everyone who knows and this letter leaks in the hands of someone else type thing. But, um, you know, I, I was fine with it. The, the beginning, I was fine with the Varys thing. Um, didn't really like it. it did, that, that scene didn't bother me, Rob, until the Tyrion and Jamie hostage scene because I felt like they're fucking up characters, like you said. Like Varys, it's like, wait a minute, what are they doing to his arc here? What are they do- Who is Tyrion? What side is he on? Because Varys saved him as much as Jamie did, right? Mm-hmm. Varys was his best friend. Jamie was his brother. Varys was about to get fucked. Jamie was about to get fucked. You literally have the identical situation for the same character within three scenes. And he frees Jamie and sends him back to Cersei and he puts Varys to death. It just seemed odd when two people did the same thing for you and it's your number one and number two person in your life. And one of them you're going to kill and the other one you're going to free. I know it's your brother, but that kind of made me go, well, why did he kill Varys if he wants to save the people that saved him? I, I actually didn't re- never really thought about that, and it makes sense. I, the, Tyrion has been a character that they, I think they've struggled with for yeah. three or four seasons now. I mean, um, his, his character is completely different now, um, and he does a lot more illogical things than he would have done earlier. And, I mean, even Sansa alluded to it earlier this season where, I don't know if she called him the dumbest smart person yeah. or something yep. along those lines, but um, which makes sense. I, I love the Jamie and Tyrion scene. I'll be honest with you. It's yeah, it was. Just, it was a good scene. I, I, again, I'm that was. I'm thinking about it now. We've talked about two extreme highlights for me of the episode, but um, that the, the acting in that scene it was emotional for me because those are like two of my favorite characters in general. I love the way that they've kind of rebuilt Jamie, and we can t- talk about how his conclusion, uh, how his character ended afterwards. But to me, that was a, a huge win for the episode, and I've always loved the interactions between Jamie and Tyrion, and I like how it comes full circle with how Jamie freed Tyrion earlier mm-hmm. um, when he ended up killing his father. And then now Tyrion frees Jamie. It's, I, I like that. To me, that was, um, I, I get that it kind of is conflicting with the whole Varys thing. 
And I hadn't thought about that till now. And it doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense. And that was the thing, right? It was like, I love the full circle on the Jamie thing, but shouldn't we have gone full circle on Varys too? Like you could have had someone else find out that Varys was doing this, right? Like someone walk in or something like it didn't have to be Tyrion. I feel like these writers, Rob, have like my favorite characters in the show um, were Joffrey, Jamie, Cersei, Tyrion, Littlefinger, and Varys. Right, like so you, you cheer for evil, basically. I, I cheer for depth. Like I love these, like in depth, really tough to figure out, difficult characters. Right, like like all those characters have many layers and have gone through many ups and like Jon Snow, Danny, like fucking Mountain Hound. Like these are these are characters who have one track straight through, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the writers have just these characters are too in depth for the writers, so they just kind of fucking eliminated them. Like Littlefinger, like, let's make him dumb all of a sudden. Get him out. Tyrion, uh, we don't know what to do with him, so let's just make him start making a lot of mistakes. Varys is secretive. Let's make him go public. Like, it, they, they, they almost like the character was too much, like a, like a fat kid who's dating a 10. You know, like, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, I, I mean, I get that. Like, Littlefinger's conclusion was not satisfying whatsoever oh. for a character that was as smart as he was. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that to me was a weak payoff and how they made like Sansa and Arya kind of look like enemies th- throughout that season. That unbelievable. Yeah. That was, I, again, it's very t- made for TV, right? You wouldn't yeah. get that with old game of Thrones. No, that, that wasn't happening there. And now it's very much like there, there are so many things, little things like that, that bother me that are just, um, you, you know, like when they when they travel north of the wall to bring back the white so that they can show Cersei. What the fuck is that? You're going to send all the most important people to go get a white to prove to Cersei that there's whites for her not to even back you? Like, that That is frustrating in and of itself. They but, send everyone, Rob. Like everyone who was important was over the wall to capture a fucking white. Of course. And then, but the scene at the dragon pit and how they actually played that out with like bringing in this box where this white is somehow able to stay quiet the entire time. And then the hound <laughs> goes and knocks on the box and all of a sudden he goes nuts and they they release this white who's chained down like literally so that he can get within a foot of Cersei's face right like imagine uh, whoever created that chain knew exactly where to the length of that chain and it it was just see this is what I'm getting at it 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 feels it's so made for tv right um, to the point where you're like it's it's just stupid at that point like we didn't need that and and it makes I get that. I've gotten uh, got that a lot this season as well. Uh, like, I mean, Jamie frees. Uh, Jamie gets freed by Tyrion. How the, how the fuck does he get past all the guards that are out there? Show, hey, dude, Bronn walked in with a goddamn fucking crossbow right. last right. episode, passed everyone, knew where Tyrion and Jamie were, and just walked in the room with it, and then walked out with it. Like, like shit. Like people. And when I bitch about this shit on Twitter, Rob, you get it, you get it. Like that's why I'm glad we're on this together because you understand it. I can dispel dragons. I could dispel faceless men. I know I'm watching a quasi sci-fi show. So I'm okay dispelling belief, but don't make me dispel logic on plot. Like plot is the easiest thing. You're going to have to have some plot armor. You're going to have to have a couple of th- plot holes just to make the story fit. But like, it shouldn't be every fucking scene where I'm like every scene, like how did Arya just fucking pop out through all these people yet? She can't escape a bunch of homeless people in a building. Like, it's got to just be consistent. That's all I want. And it's just gotten Hollywood, like you said. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's the best way to put it, really. It, it, it can be frustrating at times. I, I mean, we have, so, we have weeks in between to review this stuff and think about it. I, I mean, personally, what, what I really struggle with as well is the stuff that happens off camera, so to speak, like Miss Sande getting captured last Everything. episode 
where it's just like, how did that happen? Like, we should not be left to fill in the gaps, right? I'm okay with certain things filling in gaps here and there, but it gets to the point of where it's, uh, again, it you just need to pay off. You, you need yep. to understand it. Dude, how about Ariane Sansa, who've been waiting eight years for fucking to find out that John is a Targaryen and it's a cliffhanger ending. He's like, I got something to tell you. Next scene. Like, yep. I want to see that reaction. Like, right. you, you fucking teased us with whose baby is it? Is it? We know it's Jamie's, but Euron thinks it's his. Euron and Jamie are fucking battling. Like, why didn't that battle take place next to Cersei? And then they're both fighting over who the baby is. Like, have a conversation. Like, have that come up with Euron on the fucking ground saying, well, I just fucked your, I fucked your sister and she's got my baby. And Jamie being like, it's my fucking baby. And then right. infuriates Euron. And like, just put, these are like, Rob, this is literally a, an extra minute, an extra 60 seconds in the script to show Arya and Sansa's reaction to give John a three minute sword fight with the Night King. Like, these are little things you could have done to have Arya and Cersei be face to face at one point, or Danny and Cersei be face to face at one point. Just one look, one glare, maybe the dragon flies by and she just stares in and looks at her. Like, just, these are 60 seconds, no CGI. Have John pet the fucking dog before right, the wolf right. before ghost goes up. No, like these are such quick fixes, which are, which basically take a hater like me because I'm not on the extreme troll side, right? I'm just frustrated. Mm -hmm. It turns me into a fan telling everyone else to shut the fuck up. But when you leave those things out, it turns me into a troll. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it I hate having to like be numb at the end of these episodes and kind of ignore those things. And, and it's hard to, I, I mean, we, we can go on, we can go on for, we could do a literally a, nine hour a, podcast on this more than that of yeah. just like the, like Tyrion walking up to the gates to negotiate with Cersei. And, <laughs> and it's like, Cersei like hates Tyrion. He's made this known over and over. They have a bunch of archers up there. She contracted and, someone to kill him. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm watching that episode live with the belief that he's going to die in that scene. And right. that's kind of what made my heart racing in that scene. Right. But that, that was like never even considered. It was just, um, I, I thought that was, I should say, I thought that was very like quintessential Thrones. But again, it left you just questioning too much at the end of like, why did they do things this way? But uh, yeah, I mean, there's just logic has been thrown out the window for a lot of these things. There yeah. have been some good payoffs. I, will, I won't say it's completely... Uh, everything that's done is illogical, but certainly they could have done a better job with some of these things. Yeah, the uh, Hound Arya is kind of the next kind of scenes after Varys pretty much, right? Um, interesting that Arya, Arya just rolls up and goes, I'm going to fucking go kill the queen and mm -hmm. never does. Like, again, like, why even say that? Like, why put that in? But, uh, you know, I so, like all the Arya Hound. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off there, okay. Tommy. I, I mean, I, I think that's within her character. I mean, right, they've, right. they've had her do that a lot. Yes, you don't get the payoff of her actually killing the queen, but it's not like comes out of nowhere. I've, I've loved the Arya Hound relationship uh, throughout the entire series. It's one of the best. Um, overall, uh, I'm not disappointed with the way that ended. I, they got like their thank you and goodbye moment with the look across. You can kind of feel the emotion there. I think that there could have been a better payoff there, but I'm not disappointed. I think that that wrapped up well enough. Yeah, I, I was I was fine with it. Um, she called him Sandor, which, you know, anyone yep. who watched the show a lot noticed that he wasn't the hound anymore. Yeah, I was good with that. I mean, Arya's kill list, you know, from what I can remember is Cersei, Tywin, Tyrion, Mountain Hound, Joffrey, Red Woman, Beric, Walter Frey. Um, 
I think the only one she killed out of that was Walter Frey. So a li- little bit weird. So, I mean, you weren't really expecting her to necessarily kill Cersei because she hasn't come through with 95% of her list. But um, yeah, the, uh, Arya and Hound is similar to Tyrion and Jamie. Like when those two are talking, I'm locked in. Like they yeah. can read the phone book and I, and I want to see it. Um, like for, for here's the, here's the conclusion I wanted out of that. So we get, we get Clegane Bowl, which uh, awesome. we can talk about it. I, but I mean, it's very fan service. I don't think Clegane Bowl is going to happen in the books personally. I think it was done as a fan service moment. I'm glad we got it. I like the scene a lot. What I would have liked to see instead was Arya having to kill the Hound to put him out of his misery. Yeah, Arya needed to be involved in some level. She yes. needs to turn, because that's what Arya does, right? She goes to leave, and then she comes back and goes, no, fuck this shit. So she should have left. I loved the scene there. Yep. And then Hound in trouble. Hound wins. Maybe Arya does something to help him win, and then he's dying like he was on the mountain when she left him there. And exactly. this time, she actually officially puts him out of his misery and then hugs him or something and you get a tearjerker moment. But And I, I was so certain that was going to happen. It was, they, it was a lock. They, they brought it up again yes. this, week, this season as well about like the Hound made a joke about him, you know, her actually die killing. again. He said, you're going to leave me to die again. Right. Like, and that's why I was like, yes, she's going to finally kill him and take him out of his misery. Yeah. So I, and I think it was leading up to that too. You have like the, you know, you have Clegane Bull, you have the moment with the mountain where he's got, uh, he's got the hound's eyes like he does with Oberyn earlier. Yeah. Nice callback as well. I, I did yeah. enjoy that quite a bit. Um, and then you get to the point where you're looking at the hound and you're like, this guy's not going to, if he, if he kills the mountain, he's not going to survive this. Right. Taking an absolute beating here, which would have been great to have him, you know, maybe push the mountain over, uh, or through the bricks into the fire. That comes full circle as well with the whole storyline of how he was burned as a child right. and now he's, he's you know, re- repaying him. And then, you know, just falling down, sitting down there to die, Arya comes back and sees him, puts him out of misery. I mean, that was would have been a lot more satisfying to me than seeing Arya navigate through the city and just seeing the destruction and trying to save people and nothing really coming of that. I did enjoy those. I love the cinematography. I love the entertainment factor. I thought those were really cool scenes, but it just, the, the hound's death could have been better than him just flying into fire. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, we've, how many times have we seen, including this season, the hound being in a war and freezing with fire around him? Right? Like, there was no fire around them. The whole fucking city was on fire, and they were fighting in the one spot in the city without fire. Mm-hmm. Like, there should have been flames, and we should have had that moment where the hound panics again. You know, maybe maybe the mountain fucking lights something to fucking freak him out. And then you see his hate for his brother overpower it, and he's fighting through the flames. You know, like something, not just falling into it later. Yep. So, yeah. I, I, and there was, I mean, as they were fighting, I, I love the choice of where they, they set up that fight with the staircase. It was happening. great. Yep. And with Cersei walking by without him noticing. Right. The mountain head smashed, which is my favorite thing that he does. Yeah. It, I, 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 just, I really like that scene altogether. And, but you, you, you see the dragon flying over them in the background. And that's where I kind of thought the fire thing was going to come in as yep. well. Somehow that there was going to be some sort of fire around them. Ultimately, I can say that I am I am satisfied with that, but I it could have been better. Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I like the hound laughing at one point. You know that was that scene was an A minus. You know, like they yep. didn't tie the loose ends. But again, like I said on the last podcast, if you're not going to tie a loose end up, and if you're going to make it a little unbelievable, at least make the scene entertaining as fuck, which they did. 
So yep. I'll sacrifice plot and all that on occasion if you're going to crush the scene, you know, which they did. So right, right. and if we're, if we're talking about sacrificing plot, I mean, so this is an afterthought for me as well. But what makes it a little bit unbelievable is that the mountain just all of a sudden forgets that he obeys Kyburn and answers. <laughs> like he's just so focused, dead focused I, on. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I because I, it showed how like nothing was going to stop him killing. Like that was even more important than his orders. I, I will say, I mean, there's people that are trashing Kyburn's death. I loved it. Oh, like, it was great. They, Fuck him. He's like used- just toss him down. Like that was to me, uh, again, uh, it was surprising, but it fits. I, I thought it fit. I don't know. That I don't know what the problem was. Death, Rob. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, that was a game of thrown death where you're just like, cause you kind of wonder what the fuck is this dude still alive for? <laughs> like, how has he not died at some point? And just a quick smash, that was, that was dope. That was much better than just killing the dragon immediately, who was a character we loved and wanted right. to be crucially important. Right. Um, you know, because you killed him, and then bang, more action right after it. So it was just like an appetizer for what mm-hmm. was about to come. Um, what about Danny? Uh, all of a sudden, like, the fucking, the, uh, the Iron Fleet basically, like, shot four for four from three with spears, you know, to kill the first dragon and then shot like 0 for 65 in the next two episodes on every, like, couldn't tell, like, that was a little ridiculous. Like, how did they just drill from behind a fucking cliff on a dragon, just nail it three straight times? And now all of a sudden, just Danny's just spinning circles around him, lighting him on fire where it's like, couldn't you have done this last time? Well, th- this is where the lazy storytelling comes into play, right? Because if, if they have that scene where Rhaegal dies, but they just spend two more minutes having him fly around a little bit, burn a couple boats, and then get hit with a, a scorpion, then it, it makes it a little bit more believable. But he just gets, like, blindsided. First of all, I mean, Danny's in the air on a dragon. <laughs> like, how they don't see the ships. Okay, the ships come out from behind a rock. Okay, f- whatever. Uh, so like then how I, I mean did they have these scorpions already set up facing the other way it doesn't it didn't make a whole lot of sense cliff so it was only 20 feet high right. like, it wasn't a mountain it was a little cliff if they just make it tougher for Euron to kill Rhaegal first time around it makes it a lot more believable that she can dodge with Drogon right exactly that so I mean that was uh I, I don't know I, and and even when Danny was kind of crushing the crushing the city like you know, the bell set you off. You're thinking about Cersei. You're a good person deep down. You, you went mad. So we get that you're willing to sacrifice innocent people to go get Cersei. But to go like so mad that you're willing to focus on the innocent people and ignore Cersei is what bothered me. Like when she took off, I was figuring she's making a beeline for mm-hmm. the Red Keep. Like she's going right at Cersei. And she probably won't get her right out the gate, but we're going to get that face-to-face. We're going to get a stare-off. We're going to get something. And then maybe she'll light the city. So it was a little ridiculous just to spend all your time killing children instead of the person you're trying to kill. Yeah, I mean, she has that scene where, I mean, she sees the Red Keep. So she's, you know, the dragon sitting on top of the wall. They're looking at the Red Keep. I kind of took that as, like... um, I It wasn't really done properly. The way I interpreted that was, like, she is looking at the red keep and kind of seeing what her family once had and mm-hmm. realizing yeah. like what was taken away from her. Right. I kind of agree with you. I thought that was signaling that she was going to go to the red keep at some point or make a beeline there and it didn't happen. And she continued burning the city. Um, a lot of people are really upset with the bells in general and like thinking that that's what set her off. I didn't get that vibe. Uh, I, didn't I, I don't know. 
people, you know, I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter this morning, people saying like, Oh, I can't believe it was the bells that finally set Danny off. I, I don't, I didn't get that at all. I, I got it, Rob, as more like, cause you've been in this spot. Like we've all been in this spot before, whether it's a beer pong game or a fight in the street or, you know, a family member you were in an argument with where they kind of like cave at one point and wave the white flag and like you're playing to beat them. And then once they kind of quit, you're like, nah, fuck you. I'm curb stomping you. You know, exactly. like you get that feeling at certain points and we've all had that in some point in our life. I think the bells just represented, I quit, I quit. And Cersei going, okay, let's talk. I'm done. And Danny going, yeah, all right, good. You Wait, nah, fuck you. You die. Exactly. Uh, like that, I, that, yeah, That's I exactly how I interpreted. I mean, they gave Cersei the opportunity to surrender last episode. Right. To end the episode, exactly. she chose not to take it. I, I took that as the exact same thing that you did, where Danny said, "We, uh, you know, we gave you your opportunity. You didn't take it. Fuck you. This city's burning to the ground." Type of thing. So, yeah. uh, I, I, I liked it. I mean, I, um, I agree. Again, there are some gaps in logic in what route the dragon can take around the city. Um, there's, we can argue about whether they really made Danny mad too quickly. Um, which I do think that they do, but ultimately I do still think it is the most logical conclusion for her character. And I thought the scene was filmed really well. The one thing that I hated, absolutely hated, one of the things that drove me crazy this episode is how little payoff there was for the Golden Company. Oh, I was just going to get there. These dudes just got fucking smoked, like, immediately. (laughs) And... All we're talking about how great their army is and whatever. And I mean, maybe we should have known that when Cersei was upset about the elephants not coming with them. Did they kill a person, Rob? Did they kill a person? Uh, I don't think they killed a person, right? Like they were sitting, the baddest army in the land. mm -hmm. Like, and everyone who wasn't paying attention, again, the dumb people are probably like, oh, they just ran through the. No, if you read the books or if you did internet research or if you paid attention to little Easter eggs in the show when they were trying to get the gold company, they're better than the Dothrakis. They're better yeah. than fucking the Unsullied. They're, they beat, they own everyone. They are the, the Jordan Bulls of <laughs> fighting. And it's like they just sat there and dropped their swords and then got murked by a bunch of dickless men. Like, I, 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 that, that was, it was weak. It was almost like the writers said, okay, GGR, GR, I remember that you wanted these guys to be really important, but we don't have time for this shit. Like, we don't care about them. Like, let's just get them out. Well, I, I think it was the Lannister army that was dropping their swords that was, like, surrendering. So they're, like, pushing out of the battle and whatever. So I'm, oh, you're right, I'm you're right. It was the Lannister. The Golden the, Company didn't even do anything. They but the Golden Company is standing outside the gates. just got blown out by the dragon. just right. got fucking blown out, and then Grey Worm charges forward and starts firing spears at everyone, and they, they just got decimated immediately. And the leader was running away. Right, right, you're right. And, um... I'm, that that is not uh, it's a, as a book reader I, I just as everything that was not satisfying to me i know they were going with the goal of this episode of having danny completely destroy everything right which is fine um and they accomplished that i mean it was a huge one-sided battle it was a complete destruction but they could have had the golden company do something cool or at least be harder to take down. I mean, they look like regular guys as well. That's what, what kind of, just like a regular army with, with golden helmets, right? <laughs> yeah. So that was very dissatisfying point of the episode for me. Um, I liked the fight sequence on the ground there with John and Grey Worm. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, there's the scene also where John 
looks like the Dothraki are just going to start raping everyone or whatever. I don't know what was going to happen to that girl. But Rob, that's where did they come from? Yeah, well, here's the thing, right? So <laughs> lazy storytelling. Didn't they all fucking die? Like, they were all lined up. They all ran into the darkness and died. Where did we get a 1,000 more Dothraki from? Where were they hiding so, at, West, at, uh, at Winterfell? Their swords <laughs> became unlit. <laughs> I guess that doesn't mean that they all died um, because Ghost ran out there too, right? And he survived. But so. they came back. Like, only like yep. six people came back. Like, where did the 1,000 of them come from? So that that's like at the beginning of episode four where they're like replanning their, their strategy and Grey Worm pulls off like half the Unsullied and half the Dothraki off the table. It seems like whoever directed episode three and whoever wrote episode, like they didn't communicate. They had, <laughs> there was no communication there. Like somebody should have told the director of episode three, like, listen, we need some Dothraki yeah. to this battle. Instead of bringing six back, just bring a thousand back. Right. right? That's it. Like at, at least show some living Dothraki and right. Unsullied fighting at the end of that episode. Right. Instead just, of just all the main characters. Let us see a hooked sword somewhere. Right. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's what I mean, right? I mean, that it's would never lazy. happen in old Game of Thrones. Never. They were there was so much attention to detail, and now it just seems like, uh, and maybe because these episodes were filmed in silos, I don't know, right? Because there's all, there's different. I just don't think these writers are that good. I think we keep making excuses for, well, maybe it was HBO. Well, it was only six episodes. Well, R.R. Martin, you know, kind of had a difference of opinion. They haven't done a single fucking thing. Because uh, I thought last season sucked. Not sucked, but I thought it was the worst of the seven before this one. And I don't think this one is worse than last season still. I still think last season is worse than this season, believe it or not. But I thought for the last two seasons, this thing has been on a down, downward spiral. So I, I just maybe we just have to realize that these guys just fucking aren't good. But, I mean, they were good for so long. And, yeah, I, and yeah they were... racing though. They were, but you, they still have to write it. I mean, it's... Um, I think they did... I, I thought... It, it's hard to say, and we'll never know the answer to it. We will like, if Bran ends up on the throne. Then we'll know the answer, because then, then I think we could be unanimous that they suck. Do you agree with that? Well, the thing is, but is it, are they are they using their own ending? Or are they using George R. R. Martin's ending? Because if that's how he wants to end it, then they just didn't do a good enough job. Bran as a whole has been a failure of a character. Let's just put, call it out for what it is. Um, I mean, they've hyped him up for so much. He's still so mysterious. We know nothing about him. People are always wondering, like, why doesn't Bran look into the future to see if they're planning this or this and that? I mean, that they've they've touched on that. They've said enough times that he lives in the past and he's looking at. It. So that's fine. I can buy that. But he he's just too mysterious. And the reason why I think it's, I mean, you you're calling for Bran on the uh, throne. At the I don't end. want it. I, I got Sansa. I got five thousand dollars on Sansa. I, I literally hit every single book in an offshore. So okay. I am team Sansa heavy. I just think they're gonna fuck it up with Bran. Are you buying like a Sansa Tyrion co uh, council or whatever? I, I have lost so much faith in these writers yep. that I think the only ending is the worst ending. I think they, I mean, Varys said this episode that the best person suited for the throne is someone who doesn't want the throne. Mm -hmm. And that leads me to believe it's John or Bran at the end. And I don't think it's in John's character personally. Um, I, I, we, I mean, we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but I, I personally think it's very likely that John is going to kill Danny. Yeah, um, yeah I'm with you. Uh, I don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion cause I still think Arya could do it, but it's going to be John or Arya. And if John does it, he's going to be, it's within his character to be so, um, 
he's he's just an emotional guy. Like that that's something yeah. that he's he's not going to rule after that. Let's just no, put it that no. way. He's going to disappear. He's going to go and right. find Tormund or something. Exactly. And they've alluded to that as well. I mean, so that pay, that would make sense in terms of a payoff for me. John kills Danny. He ends up exiling himself in the north yeah. or whatever because Tormund, when he left, already talked about how John belongs yeah. in the north. Maybe that's the reason he didn't pet Ghost goodbye and they get another interaction, fingers crossed, right. um, at some point that is a little bit better. I can be, I, I would be satisfied with that. I'd be, I'd be happy with that. I think that's the most fitting end for John. I, I think that would have been because I think what they've done here, Rob, is the. All the the thing that's been pissing me off is that all the characters, and, and I'll say a couple of these people I give a shit about, but most of the secondary characters had perfectly tied up story arcs. Theon with the redemption story. Melisandre helps kill the White Walkers after all these years and then kills herself. Um, Beric dies saving, you know, Arya and, yep. you know, defending evil. Jorah dies at the side of Danny. Uh, Leanna Mormont, you know, has always wanted to be a little battler and she kills a fucking giant and dies. Brienne got knighted. Gendry is a lord. Like, the shitty characters, and I don't want to say shitty because some of them are good, but the secondary and tertiary characters all got their story arcs paid off. So so yeah. now what if I tell you this, Tommy, though? The secondary characters is where they, the writers now have strayed from George R. R. Martin. Right. So, so that uh, this is why this is why I'm not a hundred percent convinced. It's just the writing that is shitty. I mean, there are elements of the writing that is shitty. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, when George R. R. Martin says the the main characters in the show are, I'm, they're going to end the same way that I intended them to end in the books. That's where we're getting the shitty payoffs. It's not where it's not the secondary characters because I agree with you. I think the the rest of those the characters have kind of either died. Maybe it's been a little bit anticlimactic. But logically, makes sense what's happened to a lot of these other Do you areas. think it's possible that R.R. R. Martin, because he's been depressed, like he was talking about suicide at one point. Right. Um, do you think it's possible that R.R. R. Martin, because this is my game theory mind in me, that he's actually feeding them a bad ending and feeding them bad stuff on these main characters just so when he writes the book, he could do it differently and fucking flip the script? Because I also saw interviews with him saying how he was very disappointed in a lot of the endings to a lot of the characters because he didn't feel there was enough time to develop them. So like these situations that you're talking about, you know, the night King dying at the hands of Arya. Okay. If you had three episodes of John battling him, you know, like I think well, here's the difference. I mean, the night King is not a character in the books, right? He's not he, in the book, right? He's but not in the books, right? The army of the dead is in the books. There's whites and white walkers, but there is no night King. Night King is cre Well, there could be a night King. We just haven't seen him right. in, in book six or seven, but that's where like that. The show has taken a different turn on that. So yes, for me, they did a terrible job with the night King, the writers themselves, Benioff and Weiss, whoever wrote the TV show. I think it was great that they included him as a character because you have like this one polarizing figure that they need to take down. But the payoff was shitty because it happened so quickly that needed to be extended. Um, I think maybe the Night King should have won a battle at some point. Didn't have to be necessarily at Winterfell, but still someone him. more than Theon. Right. Right, you and know, who like has run away from charging everything. at him at full yeah. speed, like, and he did that. a fucking spin move on him. Like, <laughs> right, I mean, right. come on, dude! Like Theon fucking ran away from his last six battles. That's going to be the Night King's big kill. Come on. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, I, I just thought it was Cersei's death. I mean, first let's get to Jamie and Euron, and then we'll get to Cersei's death. So, Jamie and Euron uh, again. Fucking Jamie. How did Jamie get captured? Did we even see that? Did I miss that? 
Did all 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 Danny said was that they captured him traveling? Like, south. like what? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, like, you're showing you don't have time for that. Like, you needed the fucking you, just on Jamie alone. You needed 15 minutes on a drinking game and him fucking Lady Brienne right. just to fucking hit it and quit it and leave her. Like, you needed 15 minutes on that, but you couldn't get us five on how he got caught. Yeah. Like, I mean, what the fuck do I need? The truth or dare game and even the sex with Brienne. Like, he. He did it to leave her like it was like it didn't make sense. It was like Arya getting this special weapon built that you think is going to be to kill the Night King just to drop it in battle five minutes later. Like just weird. Like you're setting us up for things that like you're not fooling us. You're just looking dumb in some of these times. Like you're leaving out great shit to fill fluff. My, I mean, the, the greatest disappointment for me with Game of Thrones in general is Jamie's character. Um, because I, I think they did such a good job with him for so long. I hated him when the first, the show first right. started, they did such a good job of making you hate him and then totally redeemed him. Um, he, he kind of has like that rebirth when he takes that bath with Brienne and yeah. he kind of passes he out and, and, all yeah, and he says he's not the Kingslayer anymore. His name's Jamie. And it's kind of like, I thought that was him like shedding the whole Kingslayer and leaving yeah. the past behind him. And now they've have him come full circle, which in an episode. That's the thing. I can buy it. Again, I think Jamie's character ending like this is a reasonable explanation or could, but it, it had to be done better. It, it happened so quick. Like it was such a quick trigger of him hearing that Cersei in danger. And all of a sudden he's leaving the North. He's abandoning them. He's going South again, and he's just going to die with Cersei. And it just didn't, it didn't seem believable to me. Just hired a hitman to kill him, Rob. <laughs> I know. I mean, um, like, imagine this, dude. Like, that scene with them at the end, Rob, like, you you can't pivot that quickly no matter how much trouble you're in. Like, you literally hired a hitman to go murder him an episode or two ago. You know, like, you just did that. So, Rob, if I hired a hitman to kill you and me and you were gay lovers our whole life and lived together and incestual and brothers and everything, every, you know, brothers, friends, and lovers, every combination that we can have, like, together. And then I hire a fucking hitman to kill you, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you decide to... You hear that I got in an accident on Route 17 in, in Jersey. You're going to go fucking risk your life to come get me and pull me out of a car to die with me? You're going to be like, fuck that dude, dude. He, like... It's just unbelievable. You, you you wouldn't have hired a hitman to kill him, and then a second later when you see him, it's like, oh, my God, I love you so much. Same thing with Tyrion. Like, it just doesn't add up. Yeah, I mean, it, it's for Jamie, it's just disappointing in general. And I, I've, I've been readying myself for the Jamie disappointment for a long time. So in the books, you have the Valonqar prophecy. Uh, in the show, you don't. Brother, right. Right. So in the show, um, I think it's the first episode of a season as well. It might be season four or five, um, where you get that that sequence of Cersei as a child, where she goes to meet Maggie the Frog, and there's the prophecy of she's going to have three children. They're all going to die before her, and there's going to be a much younger, more beautiful queen that comes along. They give two of the three items of the prophecy in the show. In the books, there's a third one, which is that she will die at the hands of the Valonqar. And the Valonqar just means younger brother. So it's always believed that she's going to die by Tyrion or Jaime, because Jaime is her younger twin. Um, But they did not include that in the show. And I always wondered why. And then over time, I started to believe that they are not going to have Jaime or Tyrion kill Cersei. 
then I started thinking, okay, they'll have Arya kill Cersei. You got yep. the, the whole green eyes thing, right? Faceless men. Right. Some, some, I was, I mean, there was such a part of me that hoped that Arya would kill um, Cersei with one of her brother's faces on. With Jamie's um, face even. Yeah. Like right. I mean, that was the, that was the, like, so did we, did we get the Arya payoff with the faces when she killed Walder Frey? Is that like, it? Come on, dude. Like Arya couldn't have gone through. Cause listen, here's the problem with some of it, Rob, that, Arya and Bran, as much as we love Arya right now, we still hate Bran. But Arya's faceless seasons, like, were some of the most fucked up, boring, weird, worst episodes ever, in my opinion. And Bran's fucking trudging through the snow and all this, looking for the fucking tree and the children. Like, those were by far the worst seasons. So it's like you have two people on the good team that have fucking superpowers like superhuman powers to change faces and fucking see the future. And neither of them use them outside of to kill Walter Frey and sit his bait under a tree. Like you got to have a bigger payoff on superpowers, dude. I mean, I, I'm, I agree with everything you said. I mean, that I agree that that season was slow. I think it was season five, right? Where Arya's in there and going through the face. Yeah, that, that was a slow season. I, and it feels really slow, but if you get a good payoff out of it, fine. And that's the thing. After Frey, not to cut you off, but after Frey, I actually went back and watched that season again. Totally different. Like, oh, shit. This is actually going to be the – like, so if it's boring, it needs to be important. If there's plot holes, it needs to be exciting. There's a trade-off all the time, and they just never gave us the payoff like you keep saying. I will tell you this. If they can manage to pull this – this is my absolute dream ending to this series, and if they can pull this off – then I think the show will totally redeem itself. I think if Arya kills Cersei wearing Jon's face, mm-hmm. that I'm that's a very, very satisfying ending for me. Like Jon can't actually do the deed himself. He you knows that uh, sorry, me, killing Danny. Okay. Yes. Killing Danny with Jon's face. Like Jon can't bring himself to do the deed himself. She knows she's going crazy, but he loves her and whatever. So Arya realizes she has to do it. We get the scene of Jon actually killing Danny, but it's Arya. It, I mean, uh, excuse me. Danny has the green eyes as well, greenish eyes, I guess mm-hmm. you would say. I think it all comes together. the The significance to me of Arya riding the white horse. It seems like they kind of building her as like a white knight type of thing. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I took from. I don't know what to take from that. I honestly have no it idea. It makes sense, and you're going to end the second to last episode with it. Like that, you, that's, you have to tie that up now. Like that's the thing. Like you're basically not tying up the loose ends we want tied up, and now you're opening more loose ends. So it's like you better tie that fucking shit up because if that was just you just wanted a random seed and it kind of looked like Lord of the Rings, I guess. Like that then then that's even worse. You know? Right. And, and, and that's a thing with old Game of Thrones. I keep saying old and like new Game of Thrones, but re- the reality is there were right. no wait. There were no wasted scenes. No. Like ep- episode seasons one to four, everything was put in for a reason. Now, like, yeah, you get 15 minutes of drinking games and telling stories and it's fine. I like the characters interacting, but these scenes could be used towards other things. And if, if Arya is just ending this, and riding out on a horse just to show us the carnage. I think we understand the gravity of the we carnage. Got the carnage. You spent we 20 under- minutes on it. Like- exactly. It was a pretty destructive episode. So we got that. Um, I, I do kind of like the idea of her being the white knight. And I mean, 
it would fit with what they've done with those characters. So we'll see. You know, midway through this episode, I would would have probably bet my entire bankroll that John was going to kill Danny right. uh, by the end of this series. Now there's at least a doubt in my mind. I'd like to see it be Arya, but if it is Arya, I want it to happen with John's face. I think we get a payoff on Something the face. needs to happen with the face. <laughs> if, if nothing happens with the face, that's just a very disappointing season as a whole, yeah. right? It, it, yeah. you, uh, it's probably a season I'll skip through again on a rewatch because you don't yeah. get much out of that, right? Yeah. Except for um, Hard Home, which is maybe the best episode of the series. Right. The Hard Home was amazing. Yeah. Oh, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's just you, you got to get some payoffs. And here's the thing. You, Melisandre said blue eyes, brown eyes, green eyes back in the day. You went back to it explicitly just a couple episodes ago. So you basically put yourself in a spot once Cersei dies that now if she doesn't kill Danny, it's like you just created another plot hole that you didn't need to bring us back to. Right. And, the, like and basically just fucked yourself there because if you would have left the Melisandre scene out, scene out, none of us would be thinking that she needs to kill uh, Danny or needs to kill because we would have probably forgot about it, most of us. The thing with the first Melisandre scene is she she says it in that order, right? Brown eyes, blue eyes, green eyes. And then now when they bring it when they bring it back around this season, they change it so blue eyes is at the end because it obviously has that powerful, right? Exactly. In the moment, it's much more powerful, and you you realize what's going to happen at that point. Um, But. The green eyes, I mean, people are, will, will argue that Littlefinger had green eyes. I don't really get that from the show. I mean, he, he does kind of have green eyes, but that would be... That's stupid. Again, stupid. It's yeah. just, don't, don't open yourself up to it. I mean, Jamie, Jamie got stabbed five times. Right. Um, literally everyone in the show, like I, I've seen everyone on the show die from just being slashed on the side by a knife. He literally got gutted. Like you didn't need to gut him five nope. times. You could have just had him get slit to make it more believable that he could still be alive. Got well, if, if you're going to do that, right, if you're going to go through the process of having Euron, like, slash him up, gut him, he, he has to make his way to, to Cersei, like, dying. Right. Cersei. And then, and he, die in her arms, like... Did, exactly, dude. That's when I was like, yes, we're going to get it. We're going to get him dying, and then Cersei died. Like, he looked in great health when the brick fell on his head. Like, right. what was the whole point of that? Like, and how the fuck did he get back up there? The dude's got one hand... Arya, who's a trained fucking cold-blooded killer, can't even move 10 feet without getting her head cracked. And Jamie's going to come from the fucking ocean and make it all the way back in, like, seamlessly. Like, I, 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 I just, it seemed a little bit unbelievable. But Yeah, that, was, that to me was an extremely disappointing scene. Um, Euron, to me, in the books, is such a great character. And when they first brought him into the show, I thought there was so much potential for his character and they basically just turned him into this stupid fucking dumb pirate. Doug who wants to fuck the queen. Like, yeah, like it, it really, he, I felt nothing when he died. Um, first of all, him just like washing up on the shore around that rock, like at the exact same time. Yeah. Like that's the stuff, right? I mean, it, it, it can work on other shows. It doesn't work on Game of Thrones because of what we're used to, right? It's just... A you want to do that in a superhero movie. You want to do that in fucking Iron Man or you want to do... Go do it. Fine. You know, but that's not what this show is. That's why, like, people need to understand that you can't keep... And you're not. I'm not. But, like, people can't keep cutting them slack on situations like this because... You're basically, it's, it's almost like, uh, Rob, if you're in a relationship, right, and you've been dating a girl for seven years, 
And she's been amazing. She cooks, she cleans, she takes care of you. She works hard. She's helped support the house. She's just the perfect girlfriend, like every aspect that you would want. And so she's literally probably even out of our league, right? Like she does too much and she's too pretty. And then all of a sudden she just lets herself go in year eight, like to just be like a normal good girlfriend. But you're going to look at her as a shit girlfriend because it's like, well, you set this bar. Right. And that's what's happening right now. Game of, Shones is, Game of Thrones is still a very, this is a very good season compared to any other show on TV. It's just not what we've had for seven straight. And no, we're not going to cut it slack. You bring a girl, you bring your girl a rose every Friday for seven straight years. On that one time you don't, she's thinking you're fucking someone. Yep. Right? Like you set that bar. And you know what? I, I, I'm glad you said that because I sound very negative the way I talk and I, I'm generally a very pessimistic person in general. So I tend to focus on the negatives more than the positives. I always do, uh, regardless of whether it's a TV show or anything. But I, I want to come back to that point you made because, and I, I talked about it off the top, relative to other seasons of Game of Thrones, this is a poor season in relation to that. I still don't think it's bad TV. I actually think it's good TV. It is. And and if I didn't have if I didn't have anything prior to this, I would probably love this season of Game of Thrones. Yep. Yep. I wouldn't view it in the same light as the best seasons like season 3 and 4, but it's good TV. Um and you wouldn't be accustomed to everything coming together so perfectly because that's what's happened in the past. Yep. It's the problem it's everything's been brought together so perfectly and now when it isn't you know, it, it angers you and it yep. angers me as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it does sound like I'm, I'm trashing it, but the reality is it's just what we've become accustomed to with the show. And it, to me at its peak, Game of Thrones at its peak is better than any show I've ever watched at its peak, period. I mean, look, I mean, a perfect example with the NBA playoffs, right? Like if you have a guy who's supposed to be the best player in the world, you know, like even you look at Embiid, right? Like the Sixers lost the other day. Joel Embiid is supposed to be one of the most elite talents ever to walk into the NBA. He can shoot threes. He's big. He's agile. You know, like you get held to a higher standard when you keep choking and losing games at the end, you know, whereas a regular player on the team, you know, JJ Redick or someone like that isn't going to take any heat, but Embiid is held to a higher standard. Russell Westbrook is held to a higher standard. Game of Thrones is held to a higher standard. You can't want the accolades when you do everything perfectly and then not accept the criticism when you don't do everything perfectly. That's, that's just part of the process of being in the spotlight and being far and away the best show in the history of television. Right. And another thing I found with this season in general, I think the peop- there have been a lot of people who just binged the entire series prior to this final season so that they could watch the final season with right. anyone else. I think those people are enjoying it. They love it. They are absolutely in love with this. Yep. Like To this, it's, it's so satisfying and mm-hmm. everything is so good. It's because we've waited like eight, nine years for these things to pay off. And now they're not happening in the manner that we expected, or we just don't feel like it's a proper conclusion for some of these characters. It's painful because you, and you, you lived that life for so long um, and, and wanting to see this all wrap up properly. And then there's the people who just, they didn't live it through. I mean, they just, they spent a month binge watching a show and then they're catching up now and they're all, I mean, I've, I've definitely seen a correlation with that. Oh, a huge correlation. Huge. Like, and, and here's, I think, part of the reason why with that too, Rob, it's that um, all the other seasons, we always had like a year break, right? Like it was always a torturous 11 months or 12 months or whatever it was, sometimes 14 mm-hmm. until the show came back on. 
and you'd see all the fan theories because you're addicted to it. You're just fucking online. Like, what is going to happen? Are there any leaks? Is anyone finding anything out? And it was like a lot of times the show went a different direction than the leaks and the fan theories, right? Like they've actually done a fairly good job of that. Or even the book, when it was tracing the book, there was different things that didn't happen in the book. There was never any of them where you were like, oh, that was dog shit. It was always like, oh, okay, that was actually better than what I would have done or what I thought. The problem with this one is you've had 18 months off. Mm -hmm. All the fan theories have been out. We've all come up with our own conclusions. We've all rewatched the prior seasons. And it's like, People are going, you're just mad because your predictions are wrong. I'm like, first of all, my bet sheet is pretty fucking accurate right now. I'm up a ton of money on it, on my pre-show predictions. And I got Sansa plus 600 to sit on the throne. So I'm still live as fuck there too. So no, it's not that my predictions are wrong. It's that the thing they're doing, the end of Cersei, the end of Night King, the end of all these are worse than every leak. Like every fan theory was better than what's happening. It's not that they're different. It's that they're worse. And that's the thing. Like, listen to us on this show. There won't be a single person who listens to this who doesn't agree with your theory of how the faceless man thing should end with Arya, who doesn't agree that, you know, Cersei's death could have been done differently, that the dragon's coming out of no... Like, it's not that they're different. It's that they're bad. Yep. I mean, like, there's the... I was looking for certain things to pay off this season, um, just in general, from rewatching previous seasons, I think we finally got the the payoff of Danny's visions um, when she's in the house of the Undying. So you you actually got the really good shot of the king uh, of um, the dragon flying over King's Landing this mm-hmm. episode, which was a callback to that the shadow, that the shadow exactly. I remember that. Uh, but also in that vision was Danny reaching for the throne, and then it cuts to a vision of her seeing. Cal Drogo, who is her dead husband. Right. So, I mean, if that's not foreshadowing, I don't know how people... I think we get that, right? right. Like, we should get that. Like, if John's yeah. killing Danny or if Arya's killing Danny as John, whatever it is, I think we're going to get that in the throne room with her dying like a foot from the throne. Right. And I, I think that is a logical, satisfying conclusion. Right. But a couple other things that have bothered me is, why did they have Tyrion pet the dragon? Like, why did they have him go... If the dragons are chained up. He, or he just goes down there. Like, I believe he's going to ride it at some point, right? Right, but I mean, that, that's, uh, they don't do a lot of stuff in the show just to throw yeah, you off. Usually exactly. there's things that have me. So I've always thought Tyrion was going to be a Targaryen in, in some capacity. Right. Because in the books, he doesn't look like a Lannister in the books. He has two different colored eyes. And his his hair so I thought that that was potentially going to be a payoff, that Tyrion... I mean, I don't know if they're ever going to pay that off. There's only one episode left, but I don't know what the point of that scene was. And then just in general, the thing that bothers me the most and why I say Jamie's character arc is so disappointing is because there's so many times in the show. Well, not so many. There's two that I can think of clearly. Talking about um, the book. The book. Yeah, yeah, dude. Go. Keep going. Because I, I mean, jo- Joffrey is going through a book of the Kingsguard. He sees Jamie Lannister's name, the, the Kingslayer. And there's just a bunch of empty pages. And he makes a comment about, um, did like, they forget about to write man. about you, yeah. right? And yeah. Jamie says, there's still time. And then it happens with Brienne a couple seasons later, yeah. the exact same moment. So you just figure that Jamie is meant to do something heroic. To make something the book somehow. Exactly. And it's not that. And maybe, maybe I'm dissatisfied because it's not the way I predicted. Sure. But it just feels like... He, his character, it was just such a waste. Dude, you ever, you ever tease a dog with a treat? Oh, all the time. That's what they're doing to us. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's not nice. 
right? Like, it's not like, it's not like, oh, look, I hid, you know, it's not hiding Easter eggs for a kid where it's yep. like, oh, you're going to have to struggle motherfuckers. And I'm not telling you, so go bang your head against a wall and find these to get your little payoff at the end. This is teasing a dog with a treat. Like you can't go back twice to the book and how we're all thinking, cause listen, Rob, you have so many avenues you can go to still throw us off with how Jamie gets in the book, mm-hmm. right? Like, does he get in the book by killing Cersei? Does he get in it by killing Danny? Does he get in it by, you know, becoming a good guy? Does he get in it by becoming a bad guy and helping the Lannisters take power? Like, there's a million different ways. Does he, does he lead the fight in the Army of the Dead? Like, there's a million ways that you still could have fooled us, but paid off the fucking tease right. that you teased us. And they just decided to know, like, how's he going to get in the book now? Like, I'm sure they're going to put him in the fucking book. Like, Bran's going to write his goddamn name in there for something. And he didn't do anything. Like, he right. turned to evil again before the end. And in turning evil, he did nothing but die. So, yeah, like, is, is, his, is his whole thing that he just fought in the Battle of Winterfell against the Army of the Dead? Like, or he killed Euron, who fucking right, knows shit about? Like, right, exactly. So... Uh, that's just that's where I'm very dissatisfied with Jay. And and part of what I think has caused this for me is the way that they built his relationship with Brienne. Uh, um, so because they did that. Yeah, they ended it. Well, it, just in general, right? Because Jamie always says he says he wants to die in the arms of the woman he loves. So for a long time, you think that's Cersei, and then eventually, at some point in the show, you pivot in your head to he's going to die in Brienne's arms. Like, I thought he was going to die in the Battle of Winterfell saving Brienne. I did too, yeah. Right? And that would have been a heroic thing for him to do. His name ends up in the book, uh, like, for some sort of act of heroism, dies in the arms of the woman he loves. But, I mean, clearly he doesn't love Brienne. They just didn't do a good enough job of, uh, I don't know. And if he didn't love her, why did he take her virginity seven minutes before that? Right, because they had to make him... They had to make him a piece of shit again is essentially what Exactly. Happened. They're like, we got five minutes. Like, but then if you, if you know you're going to make him a piece of shit next episode, why the prior episode are you trying to make him even more good? Stopping mm-hmm. Tormund from going to Brienne. Like, we already believe he's good. Mm-hmm. You have us on team good. Like, yep. he's been good for two and a half seasons. Like, we're there already. You don't need to make him better before you make him shitty. Like, you should lead into shittiness. Right. Like spend those 15 minutes giving us a sign. Wait, is Jamie getting shitty? Not just like, hey, surprise, Brian. You know what? Go fuck yourself. I love Cersei. Like, right. So, yep. again, I mean, even when he was, even when he was still like a shitty Lannister, he was very honorable, right? There was still uh, things about him that like you appreciated and liked, right? Yeah. Right. They, they made it be like he was an, uh, he, he had, he had honor, which was, um, which he didn't have at the beginning of this, of the, the series, which is, uh, I mean, uh, so yeah, that, that's my most frustrating part as a whole. And maybe I'm just frustrated because I look too deep into it. I'm, and maybe oh, that's supposed to Rob that right. they don't, and, and I don't, I know you're not gonna, you're probably just saying it you know, to be modest, but no, don't do that. That's this show was built for intellectual people. It really was. And I don't care what anyone says. I've made fun of many of my friends who watch this show. And after every episode, guess what they have to do? You probably have friends like this. We're both friends with MLB model. He's a fucking moron. Well, yeah, that's him. an understatement. Yeah. I told him he's too fucking dumb to watch this show. Don't even bother. Right? Like, so we have friends that fucking will call us and be like, dude, what the fuck just happened there? Mm-hmm. Where me and you have to explain to them. Right? Because yep. we are the aficionados. We are the elite. We are the intelligent people who are analyzing the details and won't get on a phone for three hours because we got to watch the episode again. That's who this show has been built for. That's what this show has catered to. 
the dumb people are the ones calling us to figure out. My friends don't call me to find out what happened anymore. Right. They know, which shows me my dumb friends who just like fucking Fast and the Furious and Bang Bang shoot 'em up movies and cop movies, they're happy because they finally like understand what's going on because it's so simplistic. Meanwhile, we're used to doing algebra and they're giving us basic math. Yep. And that's why you get such a divide on opinions on this season. And some, I mean, from a pure action standpoint and uh, again, I mean, we, uh, we keep repeating this over and over, but these would make for great movies. They really yes, would. They would. Two-hour movie episode three, two-hour movie episode five. All exactly. you'd have to do is add 30 minutes of background before it started and so that people know who the fuck Khaleesi is, who the fuck Danny, who the fuck John is. And you got two fantastic gladiator-type movies, Braveheart-type movies. I've always wondered too, um, I mean, the Night King dies so abruptly. I wonder, and you don't really get, you don't, I mean, we do get his motivations, which are to like erase the memories of the world and whatever. Uh, Yeah, like we get the literal motivations. We don't really know why. I wonder if, you know, because HBO has these spinoffs coming up of- Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Right. They're they're maybe intentionally not revealing a whole lot about this stuff, so- that plays into it as well when you have money involved and you need more seasons of other ep- of other shows to do well. But uh, yeah, just, I mean, just another one, Rob. Like, dude, we had a situation here where because I was saying from the beginning, like eight to ten people are going to survive the show, and I'm even more confident in that than ever right now. That you're going to see, you know, you're going to see all the Starks, you're going to see Sam Tarly, Gilly. Like, wh- where the fuck are they? First of all. Um, you know, like Braun, like, I don't know how he's going to circle Bra- back. Bra- Braun is, Braun is such a, uh, when Braun, people love Braun in general, right? When he yeah, first came on the show, he's just like, his character is a, a likable character. He's like Tormundy. But Braun is not a book. He is a book character, but he has such insignificant little impact in the book that I'm actually shocked he's on the show, to be honest. With right. You. Uh, but I think what has happened is people started to like him, so they started to write him in more. I and then they have no happened. idea where to take this fucking character. Like, they had <laughs> no idea what to do with this guy. So how are they going to wrap up Braun's character? Like, there's no way this guy could serve on the council for a king or something like that. He's just got to get Highgarden, I guess, because that's what he was promised. Yeah, that, so that means then that Tyrion has to survive at this point. I, yeah, I guess. Or else it's fucking all a waste, because why'd you even have the sit-down meeting? Like... I mean, I think Tyrion does survive. Just I'm, because I think it, it's going to come down to when Danny dies next episode, right? Like exactly. Tyrion's going to definitely be like on trial, right? So it's just a matter of can John get to Danny before Danny gets to Tyrion? Yes, uh, I'm. I'm a 50-50 on Tyrion. I don't yeah, know. I am too. I'm not. Um, I was fifty-fifty on the Hound last episode. I got almost everything right. I was 50-50 on the Hound, though. I was like, does he kill him and survive, or does Arya kill him? Oh, is he the Lord of Light? Like, you know, a couple other fucking things that have been floating around there. But, uh, but Tyrion, I, I wouldn't put a bet on it, Robin. We're gambling, man. I wouldn't either. I, I mean, I have... I, it, again, you're 100% right. Depends on when, he, when Danny dies in the episode. I don't know how long the episode is, but it's probably around 80 minutes, I, I would guess. Or 30, if I'm not... Okay, so 90 minutes. So there's probably, like, an epilogue towards the end where they wrap up everything just to... Um, so maybe Danny dies around like the hour mark, but Tyrion could go anyway. He could be, I mean, he could be, um, executed for betraying Danny because Danny did say this episode, this will be the last time you make a mistake or something along those lines. Right. It was one of the, if you ever, if you ever betray me or anything, you're, you know, you're dead. Yeah. Right. So 
I don't, I don't know. know. It's a tough maybe, one. Is is that what puts John over the top and where he realizes he has to kill Danny? I or don't maybe know. Maybe he saves him. Maybe he gets. Actually, this episode is an only an hour twenty. Come on. Okay. Come on. Right. Um, That's another thing. Like when we, we were, I thought these were all going to be like hour and a half, two yeah, hour. Man. When they said movie length episodes, feature length, that's what I was thinking, right? So that's yeah. another thing that's contributed. Exactly. To- it's, it's again, like they set the season up for failure. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we saw two hour and 25 minute final episode, no one would have said a fucking word about anything because it would have been like, wow. Or, you know, or hour and 40 for the final two or something like it's just. We've seen how much time they waste in an hour 20. So yep. it's like, I don't have a lot of confidence in this hour 20 that's coming up. But uh, gun to your head, which side would you go, Tyrion? Uh, I would say because he is such a fan favorite, I think he's going to live just because they're going to kill Dan. Like killing Danny and Tyrion in the same episode. Some, I don't think it's, yeah, I, I, that seems, yeah. It, it would be. That, like I, I'm fine with that. Don't get me wrong. Like if that happens, I think it's logical. I'm fine with everyone dying, hundred percent. But there is a a large portion of the population that is already furious that Danny is now evil. And if they kill Danny and Tyrion in one episode, I mean, some people would absolutely lose their minds. But that's what I love. That's what I right. love about Thrones in general. That they could pull something like that off, and it would be within the realm of what should happen to those characters. Right. I mean, realistically, they both should die, you know, like, and, and I, I think anything they do with those two is going to be good. I think we're going to get great Tyrion and Danny payoffs. And this is as someone who has no confidence in the writers. Those are the two characters. I don't know if we're going to get the John payoff. I don't know if we're going to get Arya with no using the faceless shit. I don't know if we're going to have Bran on the fucking throne. I do. I am 99% certain that the Danny death, and the Tyrion death or survival or just escaping death are going to be excellent scenes for us next mm-hmm. week. So that I do have confidence in. I mean, what about the fact that fucking Sansa, you know, like, am I live here still, Rob? Like, who do you, who do you pick for the throne? Um, from a storytelling point of view, I think Sansa makes the most sense, um, which is partly why I don't believe it's going to happen in the show. Right, exactly. I, I th- I don't think that they necessarily want that. This is why Brett, I mean, brand being the favorite in odds markets. And there's been like some unconfirmed leaks and stuff like that about brand, but they, they filmed a lot of fake endings for this season as well. So there's not a lot of stuff that we know for sure, but brand makes sense to me in the sense that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> and that, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I think they want to conclude this in a way that isn't what everybody saw coming. Right. And that's, and that's the, um, this is torn, like with the leaks that have been going on and people talking about the leaks that have gone on, I've told them, I go, listen, I'll believe 90% of what a lot of these leaks are saying and stuff. So they kind of make sense. It's unfortunate if they're true. The one thing I'll never believe in the leaks is the official end, right? Because I feel like if you're, unless you're a fucking idiot, if you see Sansa moving up the fucking betting charts over the last summer, right? Like last year into this year, Sansa went from like plus 1500 to like plus 200, you know, by episode two, mm-hmm. it would make sense to just fucking get on Reddit, post a pretty accurate episode four and five leak as you, the producer, because most of the stuff's on there and then throw off the ending. Cause the bottom line is most people just remember the ending. Like when most people talk about the Sopranos, like 
Tell me what the three episodes before it it went to black was. I don't remember. You know, like you know, remember, we, yeah, I remember. Well, you're right. I remember it was a couple. You know, Ricardo got run over with the car. I don't remember. I right, think, yeah. but you're, it's not crystal clear, right? right. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Same thing with Lost, right? Like, we remember we were very. I didn't watch it, but people were very pissed at the end. But tell me what happened three episodes before that. So maybe the same thing with this. The legacy of Game of Thrones. If they do have epic death for Danny, you know, Bran ends up flashing back and going back and maybe changing time a little bit. And then they put Sansa on the throne and John goes up with Tormund and Arya, you know, turns into a fucking wolf or who knows, fuck knows, rides <laughs> off into the sunset. Like if you could do all that in the last episode and you have someone like a Sansa on the throne who there's not a person in America, I don't think, who wouldn't say, well, that makes sense. You know, at, me, at least like you may have some people say it should have been someone else. But I don't think anyone can say that the girl who's been through the most shit, has been raped, has been tortured, has trained under Cersei, the grandmother of Marjorie, Littlefinger, Tyrion, Jon Snow, Ned Stark, like their virus. There's no the hound. Like there's no one who hasn't come in contact with Sansa through these shows where she could glean enough to really rule properly. And she has a level head and she's a woman and she's the more beautiful queen like in the prophecy. There's not anyone who could be like, that was fucking dumb, right? So if they ended up doing that, then maybe 10 years from now, people forget that episodes, you know, two and four and five were stupid. Yes. I mean, the problem I have is, and maybe this changes completely, like, they've made it very clear that Sansa belongs in the North, Mm -hmm. right? So I, I cannot see her ruling the Seven Kingdoms from King's Landing. So I don't know if the, the, the whole like break the wheel type of shit ends up being where she can rule from Winterfell from the north or whether they're actually going to put someone on the throne. Like how the fuck is Bran going to get on the Iron Throne if they still have the, the throne in general, right? They're going to lift him up and put him. I guess they could. I mean, technically, the way I'm seeing it, though, Rob, shouldn't it be that like King's Landing's done? It's a yeah. dust pile. So wouldn't Winterfell now become the Mecca? Wouldn't that become like home I mean, base for the king or queen? I will say that if if Sansa does rule, it has to be from Winterfell, in my opinion. Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, There's also, like, the scenario where the throne is just gone, right? I mean, like, a ruler by committee type of thing. Right. People ruling different regions. and the bookies would pay on that. Right. Yeah, they would probably just cancel all the bets at that point. praying at that point. Because if I see that throne go down, which I did bet on in my bed pack, (laughs) the throne gets burnt. If that goes down, I'm going to be shitting that I'm going to get fucked because they're going to try and charge me even if Sansa's the leader of a council. My my biggest questions are what – I mean, Danny's dying. I I think it's pretty – She's dead, right? Like it's it's ninety nine percent. I never want to say a hundred percent, but it's very very likely she's dying. So what's going to happen to Drogon? Yeah. Like how are they going to tie that up? Like what's is is he going to just become John's dragon? Because John is the most likely person to kill her. So how is that going to work out? I don't know. Like, is that where we get some sort of reveal that Drogon likes Tyrion and Tyrion's a Targaryen? Like that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. It, it would, but it, they didn't really do a lot of time, you know, trying to, to pimp that storyline or anything. So I don't know. I, mean, I think we're going to have, I still refuse to believe the reason I said a lot of these people are going to survive. Um, one of the things that's annoying me is they've been hinting at and putting babies in everybody. Like Danny's pregnant with John's baby and what she's going to die before she gives birth. Like Cersei was pregnant. Like you had the perfect scenario. You had another Lannister baby. You had a, a Targaryen baby. 
And then with Aria and Gendry, she could be pregnant. You have another Stark Baratheon baby. Like you have all the things in line for another spinoff show for the next, the future of this, right? Like all these kids of the same families growing up, you send a dragon away. Maybe the dragons fucked sometimes and they find <laughs> some more at dragon eggs. And then you go up North and you find some dead body parts on the ground going, Oh shit, the white walkers are back. And you, you could easily just go spin this off forward with what they did, but they killed Cersei who's got a baby. They're killing Danny who's got a baby. We don't know what's going on with the dragon. Like, I, I don't know, Rob. But have they confirmed? Did they confirm a Danny baby in this season? I don't know if they confirmed it, but I mean, I think we all just right. assumed so, so, it. So that's another payoff that never happened, right? Like, how much foreshadowing, or how many how many times do they have to tell you that Danny is incapable of having a child? Uh, like to just right. have her not have a child. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, what is the point at that at that point? It's like telling us fucking Sansa can't fly the whole season, and then it's like, oh, she just never flies. Like, what the so, fuck? No, no shit. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to talk about a really fucking bitter ending, it's John stabbing Danny, and then like her telling him that she's pregnant with their child. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would be at least a payoff. That is very, that. that is very Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. And I I mean maybe it's going to come to that or oh, imagine Arya did that and killed Jon's child. I mean like there's a lot of things that could Right. that could come of it. So I just I hope they conclude it well and it's not a disappointment. I think they have set themselves up to be able to conclude it well. I really do. Um the 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 pieces are in place. It hasn't got there in a <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> a whole season right <laughs> years it, it, it's been a rocky road to get to this point but there is a chance for them to end it well so there is if they went if they if they literally i mean it's kind of the bottom of the ninth you're down three with a man on first like you don't have two men on man on first two outs down three against hater right like they're gonna need they don't need a miracle but they're gonna need a bloop and a blast here against the best pitcher in baseball in order to fucking pull this off so you know, yes. they could, dude, they could spin this, Rob. If, if they could just, I wish they could just stop the show right now. Say, okay, guys, like everyone's losing their minds. We're going to fuck the show up. Everyone get back together in Iceland. Give me <laughs> a week. Let's do this. We're going to brand. You're the Night King. So that's what we're going to have. You're snapping back in time. You're the Night King. John, you're going to be coming in here. Aria, you're stealing his face. You're killing her. You're going to find out she's pregnant as she's dying in your arms. Now we have tension between you and Aria, and she just killed your son. You're going to do this. Sansa, you're going to get your ass on the throne, but it's going to be – like, they could do it, but it's a, it's a fucking bloop and a blast off Hater in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. Yeah, I still think there will be – honestly, there will be a subset of the population that's going to hate the ending regardless. I think at this point, because you've had, in a lot of people's eyes, five episodes where – I mean, they're not a fan of it. There's nothing that can salvage it at this point. I'm a little bit in a different mindset. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, you talked about the Sopranos ending. I did watch Lost. The, episode, the ending of Lost is second only to worst ending of all time to Dexter. Dexter was the worst. Uh, Dexter was bad. Now, was Dexter was going downhill for a I long stopped. time. I didn't even get to the end of Dexter. Right. I stopped it's, watching in a season. It before. sucked at the end. But the actual conclusion to it was actually so bad that it was unimaginable. So those to me are the absolute worst. I, I think there's a chance that you can conclude this well, and it will, it will leave a better taste in people's mouths of the season as a whole. People look back on the season, not view it in the same light that it's being viewed at now. Um, but it's a big if, and we'll see what happens. Um, I'm just trying to think like there, 
Davos, Sir Davos, we never talked about. I don't know what his end game. He probably becomes Hand of the King or something like that. I, would I mean, he'll, yeah, he'll probably have some just kind of advisor role because you got to remember all the advisors are dead, right? Littlefinger's dead. Varys is dead. Fucking yep. Tyrion might die. Like, you know, you're, you're going to need Davos to kind of take one of those spots. I mean, Brienne, she's probably just going to fucking survive and and still protect Sansa for the rest of her life. Loyal role with somebody, whoever the yep. fuck's left. Uh, Sam and Gilly, like fuck are they even in the show for honestly outside of just finding out some information in the book that brand could have done but that, that's the thing like is sam's whole purpose to do the reveal to john is that is that his entire end goal if if it is but brand could have done that he could have cut they, sam they, they out and had brand had a vision of it they could have if they changed brand's character to not be like this fucking robot that he is right, right. He's like this emotionless guy now and he doesn't so Yes, that could have happened, and that could have gone a route. I still think Sam has some sort can of. Can I ask? Can I ask you what John's role is? Like, really think about it. Like, what the fuck is John's role? Like, if you took John Snow clean out of the show, what really changes? Like, he literally didn't kill anybody. He didn't finish off anyone. You could have had fucking Sam Tarley as the fucking you know leader, you know the fat leader of the wall, and fucking convincing everyone that the Night Walkers are coming and shit. Like, you. you Danny doesn't really need a love interest right now. Like it's, it's cool that they put it in. Like I like the dynamic cause he's there, but like literally if you took John out of the snow, the night King still dies. Cersei still dies. Like everything. He didn't need to ride a dragon because all he did was fall off the fucking dragon when he was on it. Like, yeah, if you really think about it. He didn't do anything. He didn't. But I mean, he, I don't know how you could write the story without his character. True. What, what I'm saying is the story's better with his character. Yes. But yeah. just to have one of your main characters never do a single thing that was epic, that's why he has to kill Daenerys. Yes. I, well, I, the I, only one. Arya did her thing. Danny just got Cersei. Cersei killed a bunch of motherfuckers. Jamie, I guess you could say he's kind of in that Jon Snow category, but Jon has to kill Danny or he was pretty much useless for eight seasons. I think I would agree with that. I mean, he has to be involved in some way with uh, the death of Danny. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, is there a Night's Watch afterwards? Like, there's no night anymore, right? I so, I mean, because there, there, he, I mean, if he does end up at, in, on the Night's Watch, he'd be the Thousandth Lord Commander. That's like a big monumental thing. Um, but what is the point? What are you watching for? Right. John, go out there and watch for things that are dead. That are unless, unless that's like the point of brand to tell him that this is like cyclical. It's not over. The Night King will return or like, I don't know. Right. It's still not enough. It's still not enough of a payoff. He's got to do something, dude. You can't be, you can't, you, you know, he's, he's yeah. right now. He's Carl Malone. Right? <laughs> like he's, he's Charles Barkley. He's Dan Marino. Like it's like, he was the focal point of a generation and he just fucking can't win a chip. Like he needs, he needs that ring. He's got to get a ring for something. But, uh, I don't know. So any other final predictions here before we get out of here there, Rob? I'm just trying to think of how else to talk about any other people we missed. I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know what the last scene of the entire thing is going to be. I'm very curious to see how this plays out. There was always those rumors that um, the last scene was going to be George R.R. R. Martin and it was going to be him writing the book and he is supposed to be Sam. an older version of Sam. Okay, because I was going to say I have money on Sam Tarley plus three hundred to say the final words. Right. So the the there was I mean these were rumored and this is I'm not talking about rumored while they were filming this season. I'm talking about like five six years ago yeah. that George R. R. Martin would be in the final season of of Game of Thrones and it would be written from his perspective. 
Um, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I think it's kind of cool, actually, to be honest with you. Um, but aside from that, I don't know what, what Sam's whole role. If it was just the reveal to John, fine. But they made him seem like he would play a bigger role. There was a lot of boring scenes with Sam Tarly. Yeah. Like, the, the problem is, like, Arya's an incredible character. I think Arya's the one character that got better after the books ended. Right? Like, the yep. writers basically adopted her. You know? Yep. But... You know, a lot of her scenes were really fucking boring in the middle. We talked about a lot of brand scenes are really fucking boring in the middle. A lot of Sam scenes, really fucking boring. Every Gilly scene, really fucking boring. Every Gendry scene, really fucking boring. Brand scenes were kind of hit or All these people are still alive. Like, don't tell me that all the people who survived this are going to be the people who you wasted fucking all these scenes on that were boring as fuck throughout most of the time because... And they didn't do anything, didn't use their superpowers, didn't Sam didn't use his knowledge, Gilly didn't do anything. Like that's gonna kinda suck if there's no payoff for a lot of the the drab they put us through in the middle there with these guys. Yep, I agree with that. Um yeah, I yeah, I don't know I don't know what Sam's endgame is, but I all I'm certain of is Danny is dying. That's yes. like, <laughs> yeah, if he does not die, it would be an- What do you think how do you think that would be? Let's say Danny let's say they heel turn, all the leaks were fucking dupes thrown out there they film multiple endings um wh- how would you feel if danny ends up fucking tearing down the fucking house kills Tyrion, you know takes everything out has you know maybe battle with john danny ends up on the throne to end the show uh, i feel kind of fulfilled shocking I, I, it depends on how it plays out but like a lot of it's going to depend on how it plays out right let's say they kill it let's say they do a great job with I, it. i'd be i'd be happy with that right i'm happy with that ending yep yeah, i'm, I'm happy I don't think, like, like I said, I, I don't think that there's a lot of room for them to completely fuck up this ending. I really don't. Bran um, is the only way in my mind. Bran ruling, I it doesn't feel right. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I like they've they've foreshadowed this a bit now with the various thing and how whoever's gonna whoever the best ruler want. It's still stupid. Oh, I agree. But I'm not saying yeah. <laughs> The only way Bran rules is if everybody feels that he's fit to be the best ruler. Why would they think he's the fit to be the best ruler? I don't know. There's nothing I've seen so far out of his character. He literally would... says, I live in the past. Right. Like, he doesn't care about the present or the future. <laughs> like, yeah. he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't even go by the name Bran. He's basically no one. And he just said, I don't even want to lead fucking the North. So I, I get, like, Varys saying, you know, the person who should rule is the one who doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. But you can't be a complete fucking mute. Like, come <laughs> on. Like, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, no, ridiculous. I- like, Tyrion, Sansa, even Jon. Like, all right. They've all shown leadership skills, right? Like, because if Bran ends up on the throne, he's not leading anything. He's, it's the, the, uh, the council that's going to lead everything. So what the fuck's the point of even putting him on a throne? Yeah, I mean, what I, what if there's a yeah? I'm just trying to think of logical scenarios now where it makes like Outside there could of catching everyone off guard, or if there's like a brand payoff where he warns them about Danny doing something in this episode that saves millions of well, there's not even millions left, but saves the life of someone important, uh, whether it be John or Tyrion or Sansa or something like that, where they think that he's fit to rule after that. Maybe I can. Uh, I mean, it's a stretch, but um, we'll see. I just what I, happened to some of these other territories? I think they're gonna. I think they'll be part of the end game. Like they'll yeah. come into play. Like uh, like Dorne, 
like they Dorn, turned, yeah. Prince of Dorn. Like Prince, the, the, there's a new prince in Dorn. We haven't seen him. Like where, where, did, they, where did all these kingdoms go? Like I, yeah, I don't uh, like. We haven't seen Robin Aaron in. Like Vale's still there, right? If presumably this kid is just growing up by himself over there, and I, I don't know what's happening with yeah, that the guy. Vale, I mean, what, what happened to you know fucking at Yara? Yeah, yeah. Like, where did she? I, go? I, I would expect Yara is at least. I don't know if I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. Like she went back to Pike, right? She said she's sailing back to Pike to rule the Iron Islands. Sure. Um, maybe that was them writing her out completely. But again, <laughs> what a waste of a character if if because yeah, her scene sucked too. Like it's like you know the the worst the worst the characters that you want to die like are still alive. A lot of them. <laughs> that's that's what's annoying. I, I will be interested to do like another rewatch after this again though, just to. Cause you're going to have a completely different viewpoint on all these characters. And you always do whenever you do a rewatch based on what you saw right. last. And it's, uh, it, it really changes your perspective, um, on, on the show altogether. But yeah, I mean, I wonder if I'll go back and I'll see a bunch of Yara scenes and be like, what the fuck? You'll fast forward them. You'll fast yep. forward to Sam scenes. You'll fast forward the brand scenes. You'll fast forward the Yara scenes, unless there's a payoff. That's for right. I will. Right. No, I won't even care. But, uh, all right, Rob. By the way, on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola. We mentioned it earlier, but those of you who tuned in a little bit late, at Rob Pizzola, P-I-Z-Z-O-L-A. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Tommy G. You can find me on Instagram, at Tommy G DFS, David Frank Sam. And you can find Rob on Instagram, R Pizzola. Same spelling, different website. Uh, <laughs> any final words here, Rob, before we get the fuck out of here? Uh, no, I just hope I'm now that we've talked about it for an hour and a half here. I just really hope next week's episode is good. I really do. I just hope we get a satisfying conclusion. Give me Some- odds. You're, you are an odds maker. Give me odds on what they, the odds are that they crush the next episode. Oh, crush is very low. Like you'd be talking like plus okay. 500 at this. Okay. Point. What are the odds that it's good enough for you to leave it going? That was still the best show of all time. Uh, still probably low. I, well, I don't know. I, I mean, what, what do I even rank up? Like Breaking Bad is Breaking up there for me. Breaking I love Breaking Bad. But the problem here, the, we're going to, I'll go on a small tangent. The problem with Breaking Bad for me is there was so much of the show where I, I just was so sick of Jesse's character. Like he was just sour. Like used an extra couple characters in there. Or, or it was they, so they dragged on. Right. Yeah. I, I, I was satisfied with the ending and the show as a whole was very good. Like I, I it's, for me, it's definitely right up there as one of the best ever. But I got to a point where I, I, he was talking, and he, I would just get so sick of actually. Right. Listen, it was his character too dragged on with the emotional state that he was in. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, I love The Sopranos. It's up there. I didn't like I didn't like the ending of The Sopranos, but I still love it as a show and call it one of the best ever. So right. hopefully, Thrones can probably just at least put an ending together that's not terrible and then the odds that they completely fuck it up if you were laying a line um wow i mean brand being favored i'm saying i'm saying it's minus 170 right now and that's almost impossible because like to completely fuck this up is like you know should be plus money with with everything you have even after fucking up the five episodes you still have all the best characters you got everything in line for a Tyrion trial a danny betrayal you know you, you if you we get those two things, you really can't fuck it up too much. But I still got a minus one seventy to butcher it. Well, ultimately, people are going to they want a successful com- conclusion for Dan and Johnny first and foremost. They're going to want a successful conclusion for Tyrion because he's such a huge character. 
obviously Arya and Sansa will be big as well, but I think the way that they've set up the final episode, it's you'll be most looking for a successful conclusion to those characters, Tyrion, Jon, Danny, maybe Arya as well. Uh, and then ultimately it's how they decide who is going to rule that will leave a either a satisfied taste or a bitter taste in people's mouths. And I don't know, but I would probably agree with you that I think it's more likely than not that they do a poor job of it. I mean, just the fact that we got an hour and 20 minutes for the Danny death and betrayal, the Tyrion trial, which should take three episodes that alone and then the whole wrapping up of who rules and the anointing of the council or the person on the throne, and then the tie-up of where everyone goes after that, that 20 minutes of fluff that ends every show. Like, I think we're going to be on microphones, whether it's on our Periscopes or Instagrams or No Mercies or whatever it is, using the word rushed many times again after next episode. I, I just don't see how it can be done. I almost feel like they should just open the last episode with like Tyrion pleading for his life. Right. Like, right, right out of the gates. Exactly. Like, let's just, just go straight to fucking business here. Skipped over 90% of the other shit. Like just get to it. We know it's happening. We know he's on trial. Like just go there. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, that's how I would open the, I think you have, you have to capture people right away. Um, I think that's kind of why I, I feel like episode five was more well-received than other episodes. Would you agree with that or no? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. So I think it's because, I mean, I, it set, I thought the Vera scene at the beginning really set the tone and it was, I, it, it got me into it, right? It got me excited about what was coming next. And then again, not satisfied with, with this Jamie Euron and the Jamie's death, but ultimately I was interested enough. I thought it was a, above average episode, but um, I think they got to do that with season six. It's got to start like fucking get right into it right away get into it right yep. out the gate yeah so i'm hoping they do too rob thanks for coming on brother we'll have you on again soon we'll probably uh i think we need to do one with me you and mlb model probably a little gambling one or shit talking one i need i need me and you to double team mlb model <laughs> just beat the shit out of them for an hour and a half yeah not a problem i mean when you when you're as low iq as he is it's not an issue right it's pretty simple right that'll be yeah. like it will we'll look like uh danny tearing down king's landing <laughs> right <laughs> but all right rob appreciate you coming on guys go give him a follow on twitter at rob pizzola i am tommy g at tommy g on twitter thank you guys for tuning in hopefully we're not let down by episode six of season eight we will be on here i think i'll be on with pat mayo and tim andercust uh for the final recap of the whole entire season next week but for pizzola i am tommy g good luck stay cashing motherfuckers mercy is for the weak we do not train to be merciful here a man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Ain't no mercy. Ain't no mercy.